Hello, how's it going, everyone? I have Dustin Russell in the studio today. How are you, Dustin? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. How would you say life is right now? Ooh, life is good, man. I mean, I don't have any complaints about life. I got a lot of other complaints, but <laughs> not necessarily about life. All right, that's a good start. Let's get right to it. What is your age and what do you currently do for a living? So, I just turned 45 and I am a territory manager for a flooring company. Basically means I'm a glorified babysitter and paper pusher. Okay. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> <laughs> we do interior finish outs on new home builders, so it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of builders we deal with and you know, a lot, you, you, a lot you, of headaches. You probably know about the the contractor type, you know. Yeah. They can be a little bit demanding and definitely you know, they don't really care what's going on with you. Nope. <laughs> it's all about it's me, and it's all about that bonus. It's business. It's business. So I've been doing that for about 13 years, 14 years, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it's been all right. It's yeah. been all right. Pro progressed. Progressed uh, a lot. You know, I started off selling retail mm -hmm. at a little mom pa store. Man, I'd never had a sales job in my life. I literally dropped my tool bags. And put on some slacks. <laughs> so it was, it was a shock to the system, but I was able to stay in that same builder type environment. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. I could relate my carpentry experience to selling to a builder. So it, 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 it was all right. For, so some sort you know, of field experience, which is yep. always good yep. in, in anything. But a lot of people lack in that department, definitely. You know, if you're just sitting back and you're bidding a plan, you know, everything looks great on paper, but reality isn't paper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, it offered me an insight that a lot of other salespeople didn't have in terms of just construction experience. I've, I've built pretty much all of it. So I know, you know, what can happen, how to, how to handle some problems, you know, think mm -hmm. on the fly. And, you know, these other guys were very by the book and. Well, Tile says it can go on the floor. Why can't it go on the floor? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, uh, I definitely think it it lent to my ability to be successful. So that's good. Hats off to Terry. He taught me how to be a carpenter, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think about with the guys that in the engineering department, where there's just there's no field experience, or there's not enough field experience yep. to yep. understand just little things here and there. Yep. Just minor details that that can lead to something major and it's just not it's not thought of it's kind of pushed off as a field issue but mm -hmm. i don't know you know there was an old man and one of my parents oldest friends and he was a carpenter and this dude could look at a plan and within 30 seconds tell you that's not going to work mm -hmm. you know just because your cad plan says that you know your program will let you draw it that way right it's just not real world application it's just not going to work yeah <laughs> so it's something that i saw I think it was last year a 3d rendering of something and the guy was explaining the ceiling height issue that wasn't going to work with duct or something yeah. so yeah uh, i think it was kind of misunderstood the first time around you know this isn't going to work because of this and this well well, why can't you do this and then he sent the the render 
and it showed like the duct hanging down below the ceiling <laughs> two and a half feet because it had to miss this certain I-beam or something. Yeah, that would be why. You cannot cut <laughs> yeah. through that beam. Like, unless this is your design intent, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to look that great. Is this a new trend we're starting here? <laughs> hey, open web trust ceilings are a thing now, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of open ceilings now. There are. I've been in some really odd uh, school building like the new schools oh, really? recently yeah the lighting systems are very very uh, different and yeah, a lot of exposed ceilings partially mm-hmm. exposed ceilings were one that was like a six inch uh, portion of it that was exposed and it was supposed to show data wire going through because it was the data cage okay and it just kind of looked trashy i think to me <laughs> I, I went to a, a a new account that i'm doing and went to their corporate office for the first time and their entire offices built like their staircase was built off the drops from all the beams that were in the building and all the ceilings were open you could see everything and it was tastefully done it looked pretty cool but it was odd just yeah. just the whole feel of the place was odd <laughs> i don't know what it is about weird structures like being inside that just uh, i don't know i can appreciate it from afar but i tend to want to pick it apart a lot more too <laughs> Whenever I'm in there, yeah. Why they do that? But that's but that's not also that's not the fault of the, the designer. You know, it's like poor paint issues, and, right? You know, right. Like a door frame kind of crooked, or you know. <laughs> I look at every floor and every store. I'm like, golly, man. Yeah, it's weird how you you, you do that. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. Whenever I the first time that I started mowing lawns, whenever I would drive somewhere with like my parents or whatever, I would look out the window and I would see all these lawns you know, not being mowed. I'm thinking just like, I'm just picturing myself mowing them, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, it would look so much better if it was mowed. This would look better if it was mowed. Why am I thinking about mowing? <laughs> so, you know, just the same as me going to a hotel and taking a look under the sink, you know, how do these, they plumbers, didn't do that right. These plumbers <laughs> did an okay job. All right. Good job. <laughs> it always amazes me what other people can get away with that. I can never get away with. Yeah. That's what I think about. Yes, it's definitely. Like, man, the guys I work for would never, let me walk out with that. Yeah. And not, not even just a, like a bitch out session. It's like, get in here and fix this. <laughs> yes. Right now. <laughs> yeah. You won't get any money. <laughs> no, you will not. <laughs> oh, got to love construction. Right. I don't. <laughs> sometimes I like it just so I can, uh, exercise my, my anger muscle sometimes like not, not because I want to be mad about something, but I feel like I can actually be useful in that way sometimes. That's like the only plus side of having some sort of aggressive portion, but I also hate it at the same time. So When I got into sales, that was one of the first things that I had to realize, is that when I got frustrated or something was broke, I couldn't fix it by hitting it harder with the hammer. And that sucks. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> that and feeling I had, I, had, sucks. I had all this pent up, you know, anxiety or whatever it was that I had no release for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, damn, I seem to go drive some nails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a, a pantry door that had a few holes in it. And <laughs> once that, the first couple of holes were there, it didn't mean anything to put another couple of holes yeah. there. Yeah. And that, and, you know, it's stupid. It, I look back on it. It's really stupid, but I kid you not. I still have that urge. If I get, if I, <laughs> I get that upset. I look at a door and I think I could probably maybe punch all the way through that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try. <laughs> and you know, I, I, you know, I don't know. I ask myself why, why the hell do I think that way? But I, I, 
I can't help it. It's just, it's there. I can't ignore it. You know, I notice it and I don't do anything about it. So at least I can, you know, control that. Isn't that almost the definition of like growing the fuck up? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but you know, this wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no, not, I mean the, the part of now you can acknowledge it mm -hmm. and yeah. you learn how to control it and deal with it. Cause I've got a reputation at the office that doesn't necessarily apply to me over the past maybe two or three years. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, you know, I was, I'm not going to say I would fly off the handle, but I was very stern mm -hmm. <laughs> and very opinionated and, okay. and vocal. Right. <laughs> so it, it, it garnered me a, a, a reputation that, you know, still kind of follows me through the building. And I've just learned how to control that a little mm -hmm. better lately. Filter it a little, little a, better. a little more. Yeah. I have to say filter because I don't want to think that it's being suppressed or something that I'm just it's a good word for it. Bottling up something, you know, polish it when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we already talked about this a minute ago before we started, but I was going to start with Facebook, Facebook, because you've been inactive. For, I have uh, past few months. And I was going to ask about your reasoning behind that. You know, there really was no reasoning because it was just an opportunity that happened to present itself. And, <laughs> Facebook is just, you know, something that I found myself in a lot of situations and conversations that I probably wouldn't be in if I just didn't have my nose up Facebook's ass. Yeah. And uh, broke a phone, had to go buy a new phone. I went to go swap everything over. I went to go log on to my good old Facebook and it said, well, we have to authorize a new device. And it kept sending the confirmation to an email that I can't get to. And I spent a couple of days trying to figure out how to fix that. And I realized that I was wasting time to load something on my phone that pisses me off and I waste time on. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm just not going to do it. And uh, I didn't do it for a few days. And what was funny is <laughs> I carried around two phones. I carried around my old phone and my new phone. Mm -hmm. And I would slip and I would put that SIM card back in my old phone and get back on Facebook. You know, so it was about a mm -hmm. week's worth of this back and forth and I don't know, maybe the first you know time I went two or three days and just didn't think about it, I just didn't think about it anymore. And yeah. it was it was quite interesting and it's been quite liberating to not not be uh, you know entangled, you know, like I said, in these thought processes and these threads that I don't belong that, in. That don't even apply to you. That don't I mean and and from somebody that I may or may not know. Yeah. You know, or at least I haven't seen you in fifteen years, so yeah. You know, it just did you find yourself uh, like reaching for your phone and out of habit swiping to a certain spot or trying to pick a certain spot? You know, Absolutely. Just, just out of boredom, just reaching for it to do that? The icon's still on my phone. Okay. So I can't tell you how many times that, you know, you be sitting dead in traffic or, you know, taking a shit and you're just like, I, I need to look at something. And yeah. I would hit that icon and it would pop up and, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, so yes, there was a, an absolute muscle memory that went along with it every time I picked up my phone. And I kind of joked with my wife that, you know, I now have this smartphone, but I don't do anything with it other than <laughs> call, text, and play this damn 3D sniper game that I'm addicted to at the moment. So, you know, it's what the hell am I paying for that phone for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the services. Just go back to the flip phone. You, you got to <laughs> use more apps and get some diet apps and fitness apps. And then, well, uh, <laughs> whatever i constantly look at cryptocurrency you mm. know i'm still that too i'm still enamored in that but 
you know, that, I lost touch with that a long time ago. That's a habit, though. You know, every time I pick up what's, my phone, what's going on there? I haven't a clue. Uh, you know, <clears throat> last year was really bad. You know, and everything you know tanked for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, the the coin that I've done the most research on is Litecoin, and as a matter of fact, the person that really introduced me to cryptocurrency was Ron White. Oh, really? He didn't know he did, but we were friends on Facebook, <laughs> and he was posting about all this cryptocurrency oh, okay. stuff. Yeah. And it just, I had heard about it, and it kind of caught my curiosity, so I did a little research, and it turns out we had another friend that was, you know, excited about it as well, and things were great, and then it just crashed. Right. And, and uh, we started to see some, you know, nice steady growth. The crypto appears to, you know, really be about adoption. What can, what the hell can you do with it? You know, if you can't mm-hmm. spend it easily, then it's it's not necessarily a, a viable way to do this at the moment. So mm-hmm. the prices really got low. Man, when I got into Litecoin, I think I bought my first Litecoin at, I think it was a high 30s, low 40s. Mm-hmm. It got up to $267 a coin, I believe. Okay. And it dropped back down to 35 mm. That initial rise was very volatile and it was very quick. This rise from 35 to, I think we're at 69. No, excuse me, we're at 60 when the stock market kind of took a dip. Yes, it did. It, the cryptos went with it a little bit. Yeah. But we're at 60, but we haven't seen the violent swings lately that we did in the past. So I just kind of look at it as almost like, I don't know, a savings account almost. I mean, I've got a little bit of money in it yeah, and right, just let right. it sit. And you know, if it, thing. if it blows up and it becomes, you know, the next story of somebody bought $100 worth of Bitcoin when it was five cents yeah you know and now that's worth 9600 or 8600 bucks i think earlier (laughs) (laughs) yeah my best friend was in that in that boat i believe he i believe he had quite a bit of bitcoin uh, bitcoins and then he sold them before all of that yeah Yeah. what was it brent how many was it oh oh my lord in in like in 17 nobody wanted to talk about those stories those were the stories that people just they were like i i I don't talk about it yeah. If I actually thought about that happening to me, that would be devastating. <laughs> so funny story. So I get it. <laughs> we have a friend, name's Nils, and Nils became a mathematician whiz, and he is an adjunct professor at Portland State University. Okay. He did some project at school on Bitcoin when Bitcoin was... I, it certainly wasn't $100. I want to say it was like a buck or something like that okay. when he did this report. And part of the report was that they were going to invest $1,000 into it. He never put his money into it. And so when I started getting involved in it, and I, one of the craziest things to me in the beginning was you mine a coin, a digital coin. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. And, and as I read a little bit more, and I still don't completely understand, but I guess there's this huge math problem that they have to solve to verify a block in the blockchain. Well, when I heard the math thing, I said, well, I'm going to call Nils and see if he knows anything about it. He told me he didn't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> at that time, I think Bitcoin was at like fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000 a coin. Oh, my God. Because it bounced off 20000 and then that was that. Couldn't hold it. So if you had all of that, how does that work? I mean, you just could you just cash out? Is there, you can. There's, there's real money somewhere that you can take and put in your pocket <laughs> anytime that i've ever talked to anybody about this they're like well where does the money go you know because if you look at the market cap just the same way you would look at a market cap with the stock market right now 
um, there's $250 billion in the cryptocurrency market as a whole. Okay. Now, Bitcoin is, you know, absolutely the dominant coin and it holds the majority of that wealth. It's probably 130 billion of that. Don't quote me on my numbers because I don't have my phone in front of me. <laughs> but um, I don't know where the money goes. I don't know who's holding it. I have no idea. All I know is that I put money into like a, a coin uh, Coinbase's who I buy my coins through. Yeah, yeah, I had that for a little bit. So I load my money over there. I buy some coins and I make some really bad trading decisions and I lose some <laughs> money and then I sell my coins and it moves back over to my my cash wallet and I cash it out. Yeah. But okay, so when, the transfer is not is it immediate? Because I, I think when I was it's, no, using, it's not immediate. No, okay. it's a couple of days or something, right? It can be, but it can also it 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 really depends. There's a lot of factors that play into that. I've had it take a few days, three maybe, mm-hmm. and I've had it take twelve hours. Okay, you know, so it it really just depends. But when we bought this last house, like half of my down payment, I paid with cryptocurrency. Oh, and wow. I went and cashed all of my cryptos out. And, you know, I'd done okay on these purchases. It had grown a little bit. But <laughs> to try to explain to a mortgage lender and to, you know, they want to know where the hell this money came from. And I was like, it's been sitting in my cryptocurrency. And it wasn't new necessarily, but it was new that people were starting to really use this. And mm-hmm. it was making people money and and. I had to print off all these reports and give right. it to our loan officer. Yeah, because they're, they're specific about it. He just kind of threw his hands up. He was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they're very specific on where you get your money from. Damn right. No, you cannot borrow that money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I did that. Yeah, that. That house process is an ass whooping. Yeah, I didn't like that process no. at all. <laughs> I don't want to go through it again, but I I will. <laughs> I you definitely will. will. You will. So what's do you have anything going on at your shop? Yes. Yes. Lots of cars that are not mine. Yeah? Yeah. I seem to work on everybody else's car. I haven't really figured out why I do that, but we're in the middle of restoring a 69 Camaro that, you know, it's a buddy of mine, and (laughs) he patiently waited for about a year for me to finish another car and, and, you know, that silver truck that we built. So when I finished it, he brings his car over, and, and, you know, I don't think he'll ever hear this, but he says, man, I I just need you to really, like, touch up my car, you know, just touch it up. All right. Well, I mean, bring it over. You know, I'm thinking maybe there's some scratches we need to buff out or some shit. Uh-huh. I don't know. He pulls into my driveway and I walk outside. And I mean, I can see it from 60 feet, you know, that, that no, this is not a touch up. <laughs> and so we started looking at it and he rolls it off the trailer. And I just, you know, I said, bud, man, uh, we got to paint every panel on this damn car. And I'm not painting that car like that. You know, I mean. I get a little anal about all of that. I don't know why I like to sand on things so much, but I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I I can't let something go out the door that I think anybody would pick apart. Yeah, you know this sure. the same mentality of looking at other trades work. Exactly. It's, you I have am, your name on it. I'm so hard on myself about that. So it went from touch up my car to now the motor's out, the front clips off, <laughs> the doors are off. It's completely disassembled. I've prepped this whole damn car and I. I hope to be able to start blowing some color um, Sunday on this thing. Nice. And, you know, maybe we'll get it done by mm, 1st of April. And then I got a I got a buddy's Camaro that's a race car uh, in the shop. I got to paint it. He caught it on fire. So we, Why we, would he do that? Well, he didn't mean to. <laughs> but it was something about, you know, <laughs> a nitrous backfire that blew his intake 
20 feet in the air and, and caught the car on fire. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. And so that's my last, that's my last car until my car. I should get my car back early April. I'm hoping from the chassis shop. And, and what's that? It's a 71 Camaro. Mm. And, uh, I bought it a couple of years ago as a roller and you know, I, the, you never came to my first shop. Um, the first shop that I had, I, I rented from an old high school buddy who's really big into drag racing and, you know, does all this cash days you see on, on the Street Outlaws show. And okay. So this whole outlaw drag racing got really big, and my buddy's name's Cornbread. That's what everybody calls him. So. Okay. I can dig it. <laughs> and what's funny is he's of Egyptian um, descent, so I don't really know where all that came from. <laughs> We don't know the backstory. I don't. But I don't. We'll go with it. But um, but cornbread. Jennifer started seeing how fast these cars were, and you know I bought a race engine from Cornbread. He upgraded, so I bought his his older engine. Okay. And uh, Jennifer started looking at me a little sideways whenever, <laughs> you know, I was buying, you know, a, an actual race car, and and so I sent it off to the chassis guy. We got all the roll cage cut out of it a new chrome molly cage put in i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be top notch i mean i i've got a big motor we're gonna shove in this thing man and i don't even know if i can drive the fucking thing to be quite honest with you <laughs> i don't know i really think that i'm gonna stage it for the first time and apply the trans brake and let it go and shit on myself that's really what i'm expecting and then sell it and then load it up on the trailer and sell that some bitch <laughs> Why are you selling it? Ah, somebody's shitting it. <laughs> but, you know, that was kind of the deal with, with Jennifer is, you know, you got to make sure it's at least safe. If you're going to go out there and do that, you know, yeah. make sure it's safe. And so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I got so many cars to work on, dude. I'm collecting cars at the moment. Right. Okay. There's there's a lot. <laughs> I have a problem. It's okay. <laughs> That's not a terrible thing. That's always always something to work on, and you can always sell something too if you need very to. Very true, very true. So very when true. you said you didn't, you don't know why you like sanding so much. I wonder if that's is that like therapeutic. It's very therapeutic for me, and uh, I, I guess I, I say that tongue in cheek because I know exactly why I like to do it. A lot of people don't understand when you look at a paint job, or you know, and it even goes back to my carpentry days. You know, the prep work is everything. Mm-hmm. You know. If you don't take the time to sand on that and make it as smooth as possible, well, all you're going to do is highlight all of your shortcuts whenever you go and blow a clear coat on this thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I started painting cars at an early age, man. I mean, I was 17 whenever I, I think six, 17 when I got my first auto body job at a body shop. And then, you know, started painting pretty early and got certified by DuPont at like 20. I knew how to spray paint. Uh-huh. I didn't know how to prep a car. Oh, okay. And so I, I didn't appreciate it. Well, as I've gotten older, I now understand that it's really about that prep. Mm-hmm. And um, the paint's just the icing. It's just icing. But to be able to go, man, this is going to sound so strange to people. You feel the texture change, right? When you first touch a panel, it's in, it's in primer, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're going to graduate through grits. You, know, you start out aggressive and get finer and finer. But yeah. as you get tuned into that, <clears throat> you can feel that change. And there's something very satisfying to me about going from coarse to fine to just smooth. You know, uh, I can see that. There's a sense of accomplishment. I can tell what the hell I've done. Yeah. 
I can sit at my desk for 12 hours <laughs> and not put a dent in the workload, you yeah. know, but I can finish a fender and I can set that bitch over there and I know that I finished that fender. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's uh it is, it's very therapeutic for me, man. I'll, I'll come home after a day at the office and just go out to the shop and, you know, crank up the radio, you know, yeah, yeah. take me a couple of shots or something and <laughs> go to town, start sanding on some panels. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I've been enjoying these those Apple AirPods because it has the noise canceling. So if I'm doing a task or really uh, doing some reading or something like that, I'll put it in the noise cancel mode, and it just helps me focus a lot. Those are the wireless ones. Yeah, yeah. They're, I laugh every time very, I see those. You see them more and more because they're that badass. <laughs> So the first, but they're expensive as shit, and it's ridiculous to think that you're going to spend that much money on these stupid things that you might lose anyway. But when you put them in your ears, you'll know. <laughs> so the first time I saw somebody wearing one of those was at the office, right? Uh -huh. The visual that hit me about it was that scene from uh, uh, something about Mary. <laughs> Oh my god! So I just see a wad on everybody's what is that, on, the, hair gel? on the side of everybody's face when I see those things. Man, it fucking cracks me up. Oh my god! I'm just rolling through my office. You know, there's we have an open floor plan. And I just, there's so many people, and I just giggle. I giggle. <laughs> Nobody knows why I'm giggling. Yeah, when I first put them in, I actually aimed them like forward just because I want to be different that much. <laughs> And then I realized that doesn't feel very good, so I had to put them back down. Yeah, they made them that way for a, re exactly. For a reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, man, they're they're pretty badass. But the 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 selling point to me, not just because of noise canceling, but but the uh, transparency mode, which is almost like it amplifies what's outside, so you don't have to pull it out of your ear to hear what's going no shit. on. Yeah. No shit. That's pretty cool. Battery life is not fantastic, but you know it's it's using energy by you know the transparency mode sure. engaging that and, sure. and the noise cancel too huh. but they're pretty badass i'm not sponsored by apple <laughs> <laughs> but if you're interested <laughs> i will test all your products damn right for free i don't know i've never been an apple apple guy i honestly really haven't either but i've always had an iphone and now i have this ipad that i use for work but i mean i use i use it for this too because it's just it's a you know bigger screen yeah to have but I'm just, I'm used to Apple products at this point, but then again, my desktop is a PC and I'm used to doing different things on mm -hmm. that, like editing stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's stuck pretty in cool graphic is going on over there. I keep looking at the wave, the yeah. wavelengths. <laughs> I need to zoom out. We've, we've done a lot of waves. Yeah. Who's who? You're on the bottom right there. Right on. So I did ask you already, but are you playing guitar much anymore? No, um, no. I mean, I haven't been playing guitar. <clears throat> Why don't you do that? I had a feeling you would ask me some of these things, and I thought about it. You know, it's kind of weird, and here it comes. I don't know if you can tell, but I just turned really red. I had a lot of anxiety about doing this with you, and and just because I knew that there would be a couple of questions that you would likely ask that would obviously lead to some things. Um, you know, the only reason I ever even picked up a damn guitar because of Tracy, I knew it, you know, back, back, you know, we're 17 or whatever, 18. And 
at that time, Tracy was a drummer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to be a drummer. And he's like, some bitch, pick up that guitar and, you know, play something so I can play along with it. It's like, dude, I cannot play a guitar. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. And, you know, so I, I learned a few songs way back then that he wrote. You know, they they were the same songs that he played the day he probably passed. <laughs> they were a little better, but um, it's become something that it's got, it's just got a lot of, a lot of baggage with it for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I first ever did a, a open mic, it was because Tracy was up my ass. Yeah. And it was, you know, and, and, and at, at that time we had been doing the jams at the old garage and mm-hmm. all that shit. And I mean, I'm a garage hack. That's what I was doing. You know I mean? I can't play. So just turn it up louder and throw some more, you know, shit behind it. And nobody will know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we were just having fun with it. And, and, uh, you know, at some point that open mic came around and, and he just pushed on me, man. He just pushed. And I gave in one day and I was like, all right, fine. I'll go play. Well, I went and played a song with Saul mm-hmm. and Saul became my safety blanket. <laughs> Cause Saul's badass, <laughs> and I got up there on stage, man. It was just one of those frightening things I've ever done. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't even understand what I was doing up there, and you know, I'm, I I was only ever a rhythm guitar player. I never learned how to, you know, do anything else, and mm-hmm. so I played rhythm, do a couple songs, and you know, that was an accomplishment. Well, obviously, that wasn't enough for Tracy, <laughs> because now you know he's like, well, all right, well now you're gonna come up here and you're gonna sing a song next week. I was like, damn, dude. I mean, I just, can I not revel in the fact that I just did that, you know? And so first song I ever sang was a song I sang at his damn funeral. And it went from there, you know, and, and Tracy, you know, we, we got that band together with Saul and I and, and, uh, Jason and Tracy just always drove us, man. I mean, he just drove us. He was the glue and, and man, you know, the day he passed, man, big chunk of something that i had died mm-hmm. and uh i've been to open mic a couple of times but Dude. i just i just sit there and i feel like i'm waiting on tracy and because he never walks in that damn door i don't want to be there yeah you know i, I don't want to be there and uh it's been tough man i've never lost a friend like that you know yeah you've known him since what i met Kids? tracy when i was 16 Walking into high school, <laughs> Tracy was walking out with the buddy. And he goes, hey, man, you got a car? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got a car. He goes, you want to get high? <laughs> I was like, well, shit, I, I've never gotten high at school. I don't know. Like, well, fuck it. Let's do it. And uh, we leave and we go and burn one and come back. And <laughs> I was a little bit of a teacher's pet, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I was good at manipulating that kind of type of situation, you know. My mom calls me a chameleon a little bit, and <clears throat> so I was adapting. And uh, okay. I walk in my English class, which was one of my better subjects, you know. And wouldn't you know it? It's teacher evaluation day, <laughs> and I'll never forget. I am so high, <laughs> and I walk in, and there's a TV there. I'm like, right on. We're just gonna watch a movie today, you know. And I sit down. And this movie comes on it's in black and white it's a, a silent film and it was called the red balloon if i remember correctly and it, it's a french film if i recall everything was black and white except for this red balloon and apparently it was very symbolic and it had this journey and mm-hmm. whatever i mean again I, I am in a place i had never been in school 
those damn lights flip on. Who do you think that teacher asked right off the bat? <laughs> She's like, what well, did you think that? Well, meant? Dustin, what, what was your thought on that movie? And I just, I was perplexed. I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. And, and I felt so dumb there for a second, you know, <laughs> But that's that's how Tracy and I met, man. And we we were inseparable, you know, for the most part, you know, other than the time we had some love fights, you know. Yeah, we had a few of those. You know. Yeah, we lived together, dude. We worked together. We we've come to blows together, and you know, it was that was a shock, man. That was a shock. Yeah, and uh, so you know, last year sucked, man. Last year sucked. We've lost um, we've lost a lot of celebrities and musicians this mm-hmm. year already it seems like yeah you know i heard somebody talking about that the other day that all the iconic artists you know i mean they're to that point you know it's going to start happening more and yeah. more and more what about ozzy <laughs> i don't think I mean, he can die <laughs> i mean you think he's going to be around with uh, keith think, richards i think he made a deal somewhere along the road or you know the devil's just damn scared of his ass <laughs> 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 Keith Richards, yeah, you know he had the same deal, I think. Yeah, because I thought I think that dude died about ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could see a current picture of him. I'd probably look about the same one as you know it is ten years ago. It's like you hit a peak or something. Just, <laughs> it's not going to go beyond that, right? I think he might have found the fountain of youth, but it's just the fountain of like. It, Pause. It would something. be interesting to hear what his definition of that was. Oh, you know, part of your ass off, smoking again. cigarettes, and <laughs> drinking wine all day or something. I don't know what he drinks. No telling. Probably not Focus Aid. <laughs> Focus Aid, the energy blend, 100 milligrams of natural caffeine. It has nootropics and alpha GPC. So, do you drink energy drinks a lot? I think I've had about six gulps of energy drinks in the past three weeks now because i would buy one like a new flavor because i just thought oh that's a reason to sure try one sure and instead of me thinking which is how it was for a while i would treat it as like a soda or a you know a treat or something right basically right. so if i wanted to get something from the gas station i can get i don't know something to munch on and then have a reason to get an energy drink i could use an extra boost <laughs> As I'm, you know, eating this, I'm not going to actually get a soda, and I don't want to buy a water, so I'll just get an energy drink. Right, right. And that's how it was, and it's just, it was like a, a habit. So anyway, I'd get the new ones, take a couple of swigs, yeah, that's pretty okay, or, you know, it's all right, and then just give it to, like, one of the guys at work, and <laughs> he would finish it off because he wanted some energy for work. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm fine without it, and I haven't done coffee in a few days either. Like I told you earlier, I've been longer fasting the past couple of days. It's, yeah. I've had steady energy all day long. I haven't had any headaches or anything. So mm-hmm. I think I'm just like gradually getting into extending that fasting time more. <laughs> yeah, I've never intentionally done it. But, you know, that, that energy drink thing, man, I was, I drank an amp every morning. Yeah. You know, I loved my damn, I still love them, but I just, I kind of started realizing that about nine thirty, ten o'clock, I was tired. Yeah. You know, and, and I needed a nap. <laughs> yeah. The only ones that would really work for me for a while was that uh, Blue Rockstar. I don't know why. That one, I, I feel like I could get six to eight solid hours out of that. Really? Like, yes. Wow. And I, would, I wouldn't really have a crash with that one either. Huh. 
And then the the newer ones, the Bang Energy and Rain Energy, the Bangs. The Bangs I can't, are pretty good, though. They're they're pretty good, but I every time that I drink one, I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack because I feel like this sharp pain in the left side of my chest, and I think uh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't drink those. That's the only kind now that that does that. The Rain Energy drinks were uh, they were giving me energy, and then I think I just got. A little too used to those, yeah. so I really, I wouldn't get too much of a crash, but I definitely did not get a boost in energy anymore. And then, have you ever seen them do the uh, the drug panel? You know, the typical drug test that people will take. You know, if they have to, like for probation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they did a. I saw this YouTube video, and they took the top five or six energy drinks and dropped that panel in it. Mm-hmm. They all tested positive for something, and. I want to say the one that I think it was the natural one. It was the green tea or it was the five hour energy. It even tested positive for like PCP. Yeah. I don't, I, was, I could, that, that's what I was going to say next is the, I was noticing that it was almost like an addiction with the rain where I would notice the thought of, it's like some sort of association when I like on the highway, I see a certain thing makes me think of a certain something else. And then I think of, getting something to eat and then i think of getting something to drink and then it's always first stop i'm on the highway it's going to be a gas station that's the easiest place to go and then what am i going to get i'm going to get the energy drink it's it's just all like habitual and i felt like it was almost an addiction because even with monster for a long time i did not like the taste of it but if i was somewhere and i saw a monster i thought fuck yeah i'm going to get that monster and i'm going to drink it (laughs) i'm going to feel great i'm not going to enjoy it that much I don't like Red Bull. You throw some fucking vodka in that thing, and I'm down. <laughs> I I like the taste of Red Bull more than uh, most, I guess. But tastes definitely like an odd jolly. Definitely beer. doesn't give me energy, so I will definitely treat that as like a soda or something. Yeah, shoot, that's like the I can't believe the I used to drink soda. Official Vegas drink, you know, is vodka and Red Bull. Yeah. Twenty three hours Vegas later. Bomb. You're like, oh, I need to go to sleep, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Am I drunk? Am I up? What am I? I just don't know. (laughs) It's Um, easy to do that in Vegas, though. I bet. My wife was just in Vegas. Yeah? Doing a wedding photography, like, seminar kind of thing. where They're showing different methods and doing stuff like that. It's a crazy, crazy town, man. I'm not really sure how I've been arrested in Vegas. <laughs> we went for a sales retreat one time, and, we, and a, another salesman and I rented a Viper. And okay. Drove a Viper around. Yeah. No. Typical. I really don't know how we didn't go to jail that night. I, I do recall doing a burnout in the valet of the Bellagio. <laughs> and it's 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 normal. It's it was. Right. I mean, it's Vegas, right? Yeah. I mean, it's Vegas. And. The best $35 I ever spent was on the additional insurance. Insurance. (laughs) Because when I took the car back, I had knocked the front bumper cover off of it. And the guy that I went in halves on it with, he pulled up at the Hard Rock to pick me up there and just pins the throttle in neutral to just bounce it off the rev limiter, floated a lifter. So now the car's going clank, 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 (laughs) clank. It's like, oh my God. Took it back. The only thing that wasn't under... Um, the coverage of the 35 bucks were the tires. Well, the tires were fine. Yeah. 
bumper cover wasn't doing so good and the motor wasn't doing so good. <laughs> they literally were like, all right, thanks. Took the keys from us. We never even heard from them oh, ever again. Oh, my. <laughs> they probably adjusted their plan after that. <laughs> well, it was like a 10-year-old Viper that had, it had over 100,000 miles on it and it showed. Hmm. I mean, it was rough. Okay. It was rough. So <laughs> they had made their money, you know, right. several times over on that one. I'm sure. But buy the insurance, kids. You'll thank me later. All right. Well, let's jump into another another one that's going to make your face red. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel much more settled now with your leg situation? Oh, that doesn't make me feel red. Um, you know, the leg situation is a weird thing. To be quite honest, I still don't really think that I've really wrapped my head around the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so are you going to tell them what's up or you want me to tell them what's up? No. Catch everyone up to speed. Day-to-day has adjusted to where it needs to be, but it's it's really no different, you know, in a lot of aspects, and it's very different in other aspects. So there's just this kind of strange normalcy for a lot of tasks and right. very, very foreign for a lot of others. But, I mean, hell, man, it's three and a half years. Mm-hmm. In three and a half years, so... Uh, how do you want to explain that? So how did we get how did we get here three and a half years ago? See, I knew this question would come up too, and I and I and I try to figure out what I just tell the clinical side of it, what I tell the backstory, because there's an awesome backstory. Then obviously the backstory. <laughs> oh shit! You can throw some clinical terminology in there if you wanted to. So we'll we'll clean it up a little bit, but again, Tracy and I, I was twenty one. I was probably 21. And back in those days, we we would frequent the uh, gentlemen's clubs. Mm-hmm. And uh, we rolled off into a club on West Side. And I, let's just say I struck up a conversation with a girl and we fancied one another and we went and partied that night. And I didn't go to sleep. So we went out, you know, you go do the Waffle House and all that shit. Right. And, Really, I couldn't even tell you what happened after that, but I remember being pretty intoxicated, and we had to be at work at like 7.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. And at like 6, I was like, shit, man, I probably should. So I called Tracy and I said, hey, man, bring me a, a, a change clothes to work tomorrow because we work together. Yeah. We were with Terry. and I, Hell, Micah may have even been there. I don't even know. We were working on Micah's school, as a matter of fact. So I show up to the damn job site, half drunk, and the first damn thing I do is grab a framing nailer and go to popping a wall together, and I shot my damn knee. And it was a it was an odd you know not like I put the gun in my knee but right right it it was an odd thing where it hit a knot in the board okay and it just shot right out of the side of the board and just stuck in my damn knee. <laughs> and I looked down and I'm like, oh my Lord. <laughs> it was a three inch nail and there was only maybe a quarter inch hanging out of the side of my knee. Jeez. Well, I didn't pay much attention in my anatomy class in school, I guess. So I didn't realize you got a big ass artery that runs right through your knee. Yep. And that nail was perpendicular and hit right on the inside of my knee. So it was deep in there. Well, I pulled it out with a pair of dikes and I went back to work. And that was that. Mm-hmm. It never hemorrhaged. It never did anything that made me think I should probably go to the damn doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the first nail I'd pull up, you know, out yeah. of my damn body. Well, fast forward 20 years later and, uh, you know, I was at jujitsu and, and I rocked back on my feet 
and something something just happened. Something popped, you know, something. And it just felt like somebody was holding a blowtorch to my foot. I mean, it was just excruciating. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm just thinking I tore a ligament or something. Right. Um, and I even think I went to a doctor and they told me that I had torn something. And, you know, give it a couple of weeks, you'll be all right. I was like, all right, cool. And so gave it a couple of weeks, went back to class. And as soon as I got on the mat, we were just doing a warm up and I just rocked back on my foot. It happened again. And that was the end of it. And it just progressed, man, where uh, I was having a lot of really bad pain in my foot. And then it it, it was getting cold and, and there was no circulation. And so I started going to doctors and they, and they can't figure out what the hell's going on. And I got diagnosed with something called reflex sympathy dystrophy, which is basically a nerve condition. And the way it was explained to me is, you know, your nerves have two positions. It's on or off. You know, and, and most nerves are in a passive state and they're off. But if a nerve is exposed to extended periods of activity, it can stick in the on position. And that's what they were telling me was going on. And and so I'm taking all these medicines and it's not getting better. And I had a, a boot on. I, <laughs> I called Micah and I was like, dude, you got to come over to the house, man, because I'm supposed to be building a half pipe for my son for his birthday and, and I can't walk. <laughs> so he comes over and he brings me a boot, an air cast, and I put that boot on and it rubbed a rubbed a blister on the top of my foot and on the bottom of one of my toes. Well, those two spots became necrotic and the tissue was rotting off and I had a hole in my foot and I could see the bone under my toe. And oh, wow. I mean, it just got worse and worse and Again, I'm going to doctors, you know, and I'm people are trying to figure out what the hell's wrong, and they can't figure it out. And I'm to a point where I have to have I was having um, nerve blocks, maybe every five to nine days. They were going in and and doing a, a sympathetic nerve block, and they were just basically turning that that nerve tree off in my leg. And so how uh, how is how does that work? Uh, like, what's that process? you know, put you to sleep and, and shove a bunch of, I, I think it's, I think it's steroid that they use. I'm not sure, but they, I know I woke up one time in the middle of it and they would give me six or seven shots. You know, it's, I guess it's kind of the same thing as an epidural to a degree. Uh -huh. Um, but these syringes were massive. I mean, they were massive. <laughs> and so, you know, we did those and, and actually that doctor bet me a year of his salary that I had been bitten by a family of mm. brown recluses. <laughs> and he was like, look at the shapes, you know, they're, 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 they're circles, you know, the, it's necrotic. I mean, it's all signs. Well, that wasn't it. And then finally I get to a point where I was having to shoot my foot up two or three times a day with lidocaine. I had a bag of syringes and that's all I could do to, to get through the day. I mean, I was still working 12 hours a day. Yeah. And, you know, I'm wearing half a shoe because my toes can't touch anything. And, I mean, it was just terrible. And I'd gotten to a point where my mental state was really bad. Um, just being in that much pain and not being able to sleep, I couldn't uh, I couldn't lay down. Because when I would lay down, the blood flow would shut off to my foot. Ugh. And But if I stood up, the blood flow would get down there and lock up. I mean, so it was just constant battle. You know, I would sit in my jam room and I would have a, a ice pack on one side and I would have a a crock pot on the other and I would go back and forth from extreme heat and extreme cold 
to keep that blood flowing. Condensed version, I finally got to a doctor after I had hacked on my own foot to get all this necrotic tissue off of my foot. And my son freaked out and he said, you know, you have to get serious about this. And I got to somebody mm-hmm. and it was a podiatrist and she was going to debreed all of this stuff. And when she saw it, God, I forget, she brings out this like, I don't know what it was. It looked like a big old needle to me. And she was about to stick it in this sore on my toe. And I, I literally jumped out of the chair and climbed up to the back of the deal. And she was shocked. She was, well, does that hurt? I was like, bitch, (laughs) look at it. You know, and she was genuinely surprised that it still had feeling in it like that. I guess she really thought it was dead. Yeah. And you know, they, first question of anybody, you know, once I had the sores, were you diabetic? And no. Well, she told me she could not cut on my foot because I did not have a pulse in my foot. Oh, my God. Now, this, now keep in mind, there were no less than two or three MRIs and probably 10 different doctors on my foot, and nobody could pick up the fact that I didn't have a pulse because right. that shit didn't happen overnight. Yeah. And what it wound up being was that nail caught my popliteal artery, I believe, I think, and caused an aneurysm. And the aneurysm allowed the blood flow to come in and it would swirl. And so it would coagulate on the peri- on the perimeter, uh-huh. causing blood clots that over 20 years threw blood clots down my foot and killed all my blood vessels. Good God, dude. So Man, That scares me so bad because I'm having issues with issues with my back and my legs yeah. and my feet are cold right now or my mainly my right foot is cold so you're telling me that just just makes my foot feel colder yeah it's freaking yeah. me out <laughs> yeah. no man it was it was a trip you know and once they figured out what was going on uh, they uh they told me they were going to cut my foot off really early mm-hmm. and you know they tried to do some some procedures and angioplasty put in a stent and all this but I had another I had another incident that came into play. It changed the anatomy of my leg. When I was seven, I got hit by a bus and I had a massive uh compound fracture to my leg, which changed my arterial structure. So where the aneurysm is, it has another vessel coming off of it, so they couldn't stent it. They couldn't laser through the blockage. And I wake up from this procedure that was supposed to fix everything and the doctor's like, Well, that didn't work. We're gonna have to amputate your foot. And I just kind of looked at Jennifer. I was like, uh, hang on. I walked in here. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm oh walking the God. fuck out. And so that's what I did. I walked out and <clears throat> the doctor is named Dr. Broker. And he was a young doctor. You know, I, I'd say he was in his late 30s, early 40s probably, but he's a vascular surgeon. Um, I came back in for my follow-up and he said, he basically told me he had lost some sleep over my scenario and he wanted to get a little more aggressive because of my age and my activity level. And we don't need to just go to that extreme. And they found a vessel. They found a 0.7 millimeter vessel in the arch of my foot. So what they did was they cut me from basically my, my crotch all the way down my inseam to the arch of my foot. And they took my longest vein mm-hmm. and they used it to bypass, to do a fempop bypass is what they called it. And they tapped into my artery above my knee and drug that bitch through my knee and down the back of my calf and just replumbed me yeah. to the bottom of my foot. But they had a three 
if I remember correctly, it's a three millimeter vessel that they tied into a 0.7 millimeter vessel. So now they've essentially reversed my circulation to a degree and uh-huh. choked off everything. So the surgery went well. It was brutal. You know, I had a, I think it was 86 staples in my inseam. Oh, yeah. That was terrible, man. I was bedridden for a minute. I mean, it was just brutal. And But my foot didn't hurt. I had some blood. I had some color. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but it, it became very apparent with, within a matter of days, really, when I was able to start walking again, that I couldn't walk 50, 60 feet without my calf starting to cramp up mm-hmm. because there wasn't adequate blood flow. And, uh, I knew right then I knew I was on limited steps Yeah, and they were going to cut that shit off. And so at some point when I had finally just wrapped my head around it, I went and had, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) People think I'm extremely warped about that, but you know, I mean, I had to, I had to find humor in it. So I tattooed that perforated line with that pair of scissors and says cut here. (laughs) And what, you know, the next time I went into my ortho, I was proud too, you know, because I knew what was happening and I went in and, and, uh, oh man, what was his, what was his name? Bollinger. And uh, I'll tell you something about that in a second. But I went in there and I didn't say anything about it. I just, you know, raised my pants up, you know, and he looks at it and he goes, is that a damn tattoo? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yes, sir, that is. And he just put his head in his hands and he just shook his head. He's, and he's chuckling at the same time that he's looking at me like I'm a, you know, a complete (laughs) weirdo. And I said, doc, you know, I mean, you just got to find humor in your struggles, you know, but, uh. (laughs) <laughs> the one thing about Dr. Bollinger and I'll show you a picture in a minute this is all you need to know about what this man looks like I can I can explain it very well he looks like an 80's porno version of Ned Flanders <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so he's got some sideburns no he had, he had the, he had the, the big stash. old mu- the stash and I'm talking fat stash fat stash <laughs> And he was like 6'3". He was a big dude, you know, but he looked just like Ned Flanders, had the same glasses on, yeah. you know. And, you know, that, that man was awesome, you know. Uh, unfortunately, he had a stroke and he had to quit practicing. But, you know, he he was really, really instrumental in, you know, helping me get through a lot of that stuff. But, so, yeah, that's, that's how I lost my foot. And, you know, to really get back to your original question, you know, man, um, it's life as usual for the most part. It's a little weird that I have to – you know, I roll around in a wheelchair at night, you know, when I got to take my leg off. Um, you know, it's weird. They got to bolt something on, you know, put something on to right. walk, you right. know, in the morning. Um, that's a little strange. And there have been times that I've let it seep into my mental state. But the way I I looked at it and still look at it, I know some people that woke up one morning, jumped on their motorcycle, went for a ride, and woke up with one foot. Mm-hmm. You know, that didn't happen to me. It wasn't a traumatic thing. It wasn't something that I didn't have nine. It, it was nine months from the bypass to the amputation. So I had nine months to think about this. Yeah. And I had nine months to wrap my head around it and be okay with it as best I could. And when it was time to do it, you know, the bypass failed. We were sitting on the beach in Mexico on a company trip and it just died. It stopped. And I told Jennifer right then, I said, you know, it's, it's over. It's that, that fucker's dead came back it's exactly what my ortho said my vascular and they told me straight up it's up to you you know how how long can you put up with it and it was a matter of about three days i think mm-hmm. 
And uh, I didn't walk in at that point because it was pretty bad. But I rolled my ass into that hospital mm-hmm. knowing that they were going to cut my foot off. And, Jeez. You know, so I am very thankful for that. I'm very thankful for that. And it's just something I got to deal with now. And it's definitely a part of me. Yeah. <laughs> or a, not a part of me. A piece of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think a lot of other people have more of a problem with it than I do in, in a lot of ways. You know, yeah. they, they feel a little more uncomfortable about it and. You know, nobody wants to use, I don't have a leg to stand on in the office anymore. Uh, or they're <laughs> you know, about to say it, they look over at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, something I'm going to ask all of my future guests about is whether or not they've dealt with any sort of depression. And, you know, with the leg situation, I imagine that could easily be a side effect of something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say so much about the leg because it's really easy to feel sorry for for yourself, you know, I found myself in that position where everybody was giving me all this space and room to, to, to be in some particular headspace or to, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I, I just, just didn't feel like what I needed to be doing with that. But, you know, I've battled some depression, you know, early on, you know, when I was younger, uh, I wasn't a confident teenager, you know, I didn't have a lot of direction. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I've been in a, in a couple of battles with some of that, you know, internal headspace you yeah. know, can be, can suck sometimes, Definitely. you know, and I'm, I'm an internal person, you know, I, I don't, I was about to say, I don't like to talk. <laughs> I am very open with people that I know that I'm comfortable with, but you get me in an environment where, you know, I'm not that comfortable you know i'm just fine not saying anything i'm just fine observing you know and and uh i think at times that led to my ability to really find myself in a dark spot in my head but you know i don't have anything to complain about these days you know so if i do get those thoughts i try to i try to delete them as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. and go sand on something Yeah, sand on those thoughts and sand them down to <laughs> right to right. find nothing. wear them down. <laughs> yeah, I was just curious because that's that's been a a big uh, portion of my curiosity is yeah really in this whole thing is just getting different people's perspectives on you know just just about anything. But that's that's a that's a big deal that affects a lot of people and it and is. what I tell people is I don't I don't fully understand the feeling like if you're seriously depressed like clinically don't want to go to work depressed. That's what, that's what kind of some people don't talk about that they've had that feeling before. And you know, you've, you say you've had some little battles before, but I guess maybe not that severe, nothing like that. You know, one of the, I hadn't really experienced that whole not being able to get out of bed thing until Tracy passed. Okay. And there was a severe three or four days that I didn't get, I didn't get out of bed. Right. You know, and, and, I guess that is a that is depression. I mean, and sorrow and just shock and all that. But I guess that'd be more like temporary. Or something. It, it, it was. It was temporary. It was. It, it. I was able to process it. You know, just mm-hmm. with the things that we did. You know, to to remember him, and and right. so we were able to work through that a little bit. But I could go either way, and at a drop of a hat, I, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, with my personality, I'm. I have a very addictive personality. I have a very reactionary personality i i can i'm either on or i'm off you know Mm. and and uh with work right now you know i'm i'm a little disgruntled with work 
And so there might be a little bit of depression coming on with that because I don't get the hell out of bed. I have no desire. You yeah. know, there's no there's no drive there anymore. So, you know, there might be a, lo- a level of that to a degree. But, uh, you know, that's about my experiences, really. I, I've been fortunate, I think. That's good. That's I good. think so. Uh, that it also helps if someone has dealt with that and they have, you know, some some little tips or tricks or something that, you know, might help somebody else. So yeah. that's why I asked too, because you never know. Yeah. Somebody might be holding on to some gems of information <laughs> and they're just not sharing it for whatever reason. Right, right. So right. I'm, I'm going to, I need to see what the scratching is outside for a second. No. Let's hope it's friendly. And we're back. You didn't even know we were gone. That's hilarious. <laughs> Magic. Okay. So that was about depression. Here we go. I found my place. <laughs> I asked Micah to recommend something to talk with you about. Uh-oh. And he said to ask you about... I forgot to write it down. Okay, so I forgot what the question was, but he told you. So He did. He did. <laughs> let's, hear, let's hear this story. So the story is... Uh, the story is all about eating macaroni with paint sticks. And when we, we kind of talked about it a little bit today, and he had I think he had forgotten about the other thing that we were eating there, too. <laughs> Man, I was probably 13, so that would put Micah at 6. And we were at Uncle Paul's house up there in Bells. Mm-hmm. Did you ever? Mm-hmm. So way in the back, if you go down the road, there used to be, I don't even know how many acres it was. It was a lot of land that we rode dirt bikes on for years and years and years. Yeah. And in the bottom of a valley was an old shack old log cabin thing and it was creepy as fuck and when i say it was in the bottom of the valley it was way down there too i mean you we just stumbled upon it one one day and it had two bunk beds built out of two by 12s that were wrapped around and and i'm pretty sure it had some straw or something in it you know but there was two bunk beds uh uh, a pot belly stove and just like a rudimentary table if i remember and mike and i decided we were gonna we're gonna go spend the night in that some bitch (laughs) We're gonna go ride our dirt bikes out there, and and uh, we're gonna go spend the night. You know, I might have been a little bit older. I guess I could have been fourteen or fifteen. You know what? He's gonna bust me on this because I bet it was even older than that. It doesn't matter. My mom gives us some food, right? Mm-hmm. So we can go up there, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna camp out, and we're gonna make a fire, and we're gonna cook on this stove. Yeah. And I mean, right now, I don't even remember if we cooked that shit on the stove, but we wound up cooking some macaroni and cheese and we didn't have any utensils so we're eating with paint sticks <laughs> and i used to torment micah i mean there's a reason micah is micah <laughs> <laughs> and i probably have a decent amount to do with that <laughs> but <laughs> i wouldn't let the boy eat and so every time <laughs> he would go to scoop something with that paint stick i just knock it off <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd take my, and it went back and forth for a good while, and we got a pretty damn good laugh out of it. But the other part of that was, mom had sent us, and I believe this is why we were eating the macaroni because I think we had plans to eat something much different, mm-hmm. some fucking manwich. <laughs> she only sent us with the can. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Only the man. There was no witch. I mean, it just take a swig. You know, <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't know. And so I opened it up. I'm thinking we're fixing. You know, we got uh, obviously. I think we had some bread or something. And 
open it up. I was like, where the fuck is the meat? You know, and then I start to read and I was like, mom, <laughs> come back home and tell her about that. And she really thought the meat was already in there. And oh, said, damn. No. Well, it, it, the no. picture on the can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's totally, that's normal. Fucking Mike as a kid, man, it was, a, it was, it was a trip. You know, he, uh, I, uh, man, we, we put that boy through a lot of hell, a yeah. lot of hell, you know, Houdini was, was his nickname for a while, man. You could tie him up, duct tape him up. Didn't matter. Zip ties. I don't care what you did. He would be undone in 30 seconds, 45 <laughs> seconds and stand right in front of you and challenge you to do it again. <laughs> so, you know, we're 17, he's 10, you know, what else are you going to do? I mean, we were bored, so we're going to pick on him. <laughs> oh my lord and at some point we regretted that decision you know about 13 man you know a couple of my buddies had bowed up to <laughs> you know well gonna you know, do like the big brother thing you know and try to yeah talk straight you know and <laughs> my guy was having none of it <laughs> uh, but look at him now yep he's an upstanding human being he is so <laughs> aubrey is going to be on in march you know, he told me that too. So I'm going to give you the same uh, opportunity I gave Micah with something that I should ask her about. Oh. <laughs> huh. <laughs> ask her about the lawnmower. Ask her about the lawnmower incident. The lawnmower incident. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not really that funny, but it was It was a moment. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I felt really bad about that. All right. Yeah, I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cliffhanger, you have to listen to hers to figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No, I'm sure I can come up with some other gold, but that's the first thing that hit me. Well, if you think of something else later, let me know. I will. All right, now let's do let's do my one-second answer to a one-second question. Oh, right on. There's no context. Just pick one or the other as fast as you can. Hmm. Dog or cat? Dog. Beer or whiskey? Beer. Car or truck? Car. Fast or slow? Fast. Reading or writing? Writing. Sleeping or eating? Sleeping. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Cooking or cleaning? Cooking. Spring or fall? Spring. A night out or a night in? Night in. Past or future? Future. Lake house or camping? Ooh, camping. Terminator 1 or Terminator 2? Oh, Terminator 1. There, there's a Terminator 2? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, heads or tails? Tails. You got it. Always bet tails. Sweet. I think the last four episodes have been heads. Really? Yeah. Awesome. We we flipped a lot of uh, a lot of quarters and foosball, so I always call tails. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So since there's no context to some of those, I tend to wonder what some people think in their heads when I say some of them. So help me feed my curiosity. Okay. What were you thinking about when I said past or future? Oh, I was I was thinking about you know, do you look back or do you look forward? You know, I, I try not to look back too much. Okay. You know, so Fair that, that's what I was thinking about. Awesome. Perspective, you know. Yeah. 
You look at, you know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the past. Right. Yeah, unless you're just using it to not make a same mistake in the future. Not, Correct. Not like Correct. dwelling on it or something. Yeah, no, exactly. You don't want to dwell. Since you have recently had a birthday <laughs> and you're approaching the big five zero, <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Have you noticed a shift in mindset when it comes to thinking of the future or maybe planning things oh, differently? Oh, absolutely, man. Um, I think I've been in a full-blown midlife crisis for about 10 years now. I think, you know, at least a good five Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's getting worse. I never found myself thinking out that far, you know, in the past. And maybe in the, certainly before, you know, before my whole leg incident, man, I was already starting to feel that way. I, you know, I turned 40 and my body just kind of went to shit. And I was like, wow, you know, I mean, I'd always had that, that thought that I could be a carpenter or, you know, I could just do that manual labor, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of my life. And, right. you know, it's pretty damn obvious to me now yeah. <laughs> that I'm not doing that. Yeah, it makes you think when you see a bunch of gray-haired old men still doing all that. Yeah. Like, what do you, you are a beast. Right, right. <laughs> for one thing. Right. You know, um, I just lo- totally lost my train of thought. I oh. looked at that damn bar graph over there. <laughs> <laughs> all the, all the waveforms uh, that we were talking about, uh, your shift oh, the, in mindset. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just never really had, had long-term plans, uh, but recently that's, that's where my thought is now. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always about the now, not the, not the later. Yeah. So there's seems, seems to have been some amount of relaxation that's come along with that for me because, you know, the other question, a night out or a night in used to be a night out, you know, I mean, let's go and, yeah. and let's go, you know, party it up right now. Well, mm-hmm. That's just not the way I see it, any you know, at at the moment, and you know, I'd rather kind of work towards a couple of years down the road. You know, the trip I mentioned I'm taking tomorrow, you know, is all about that. Is mm-hmm. you know, what am I doing next year? What am I going to do a couple of years after that? You know, do I really want to continue on this path that I'm on, or do I want to start thinking about some things? You yeah. know, uh, so yeah, it's shifted a lot, a lot. That's cool. That's interesting. I'm going to get there soon. <laughs> 40 will do that to you for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you were you turned 45? 45. Right? 45. Yeah, 45. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be at 38 this summer. The so, big 38. So yeah, so you're the um yeah, you're the same age as Mike. Yeah, he's in June? April. April? April. No, I'm in June. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking he was too, but I was also thinking July. I don't know why. Brayton's but, July 5th. That's when he is. And he'll be eighteen. That's crazy. What do you What do you think his future is looking like right now? It looks pretty. You know, the the boy seems to really be able to do anything that he wants to. Mm-hmm. You know, he seems to be good at anything that he puts his mind to, and uh, he's very creative. You know, he likes to he likes to build things. It's funny. You know, it, I really wish he would come out there and like work on cars and shit with me, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. He'd rather you know do his clothing line and and. Since he's been doing that, you know, he's, uh, his skills have grown a lot. So I, I don't know what, I don't know. There's no telling what that boy's going to do, hmm. but, uh, he seems to have a pretty good head on his shoulders for the most part. That's you good. know, he's, he's avoided a lot of the pitfalls that I certainly had, you know, mm-hmm. at his age and, um, seems to be cutting his, cutting his own road. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So I hope the best for him. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Does the thought of getting, Older give you a panic attack like it does to me. Did uh, you see the Did you see the uh, Irishman? 
Uh-uh. On Netflix. Uh-uh. And there was a scene that made that just almost gave me a anxiety attack, just because there was a you know he, there was an old person or he was acting old and he could barely walk and was like falling down in his own house. There's no one there to help him. Mm. And I thought, oh my god, I don't want to be like that. You know, I certainly think about <clears throat> what my body's going to be like in another ten years. You know, because I was not easy on my body at all. <laughs> I've broke a lot of bones. You know, I was in, you know, swung a hammer for a long time. And, and you know, that's given me a lot of arthritis. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've yeah. found out. You know, I had some hand rex, x-rays one time and they showed them to me. I was like, what, in the, what the hell is all that? <laughs> I mean, there's just white dots all over my hands. And they said, well, that's arthritis. And I was like, oh, really? holy crap. <laughs> really? You know, they said, well, what do, what, what do you do for a living? And said, well, I was a carpenter for a long time and said, well, that'll do it. You know, Damn so it. yeah. And maybe all the, you know, dirt bike riding and all that. But yeah. I, I just don't think it's going to be pleasant for me whenever I get to be that age, man. I mean, I have a hard enough time to get out of the damn, you know, car and the bed and, yeah. you know, man, my hips hurt. And, you know, they say one of the common side effects, if you will, of amputations is um, opposing joint replacements. And I noticed that pretty quick. Like a compensation for? My right leg takes everything. Mm. I mean, when I'm just standing there, I'm not standing with my weight on my left leg typically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of awkward. It doesn't, at least now it is, it just doesn't feel right. But when I go to pivot, you know, if I'm sitting at like, you know, I do this motion a lot. And so it it's on the forefront. I'll go to the copier and I'll do whatever I need to do, scan, copy, whatever. Whenever I turn around to go back to my office i pivot on my right foot because i can't pivot on my left mm-hmm. and so my hip is real sloppy now okay. and i can feel it you know getting looser throughout the day you need some new shocks <laughs> and so i have to be I have to be cautious cautious of that and, and take a deliberate step rather than pivot yeah it's it's kind of strange but um yeah man i don't i don't think it's going to be pleasant in like 10 years <laughs> Well, I mean, at least it's it's probably going to be something gradual. So I mean, you're gonna let's you're hope. gonna get used to it. Yeah, let's you hope. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I don't I I don't want to be like that. No, I, I mean, don't either. I was thinking of my grandmother too. She's almost ninety two. Wow. And you know, just her getting around on her own and being alone at the house, which she's about to go into assisted living. But, geez. I don't, I don't, for one thing, I don't, I'm not talking about her. I'm thinking of myself. I don't want to be a burden to somebody yeah. and I don't want to, I also don't want to like suffer 80% of the time, you know, you know, I, so I, it does. I know me for out. me, that whole burden thing and, and just the independence thing, you know, if, if you want to kind of talk about, you know, the depression, if, if there was times whenever I went through this leg thing, those may have been some of those times where I couldn't. I just couldn't do for myself, you know, and, and, or I couldn't just do the, the things that I used to be able to. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a legit thing as far yeah. as concerns and thoughts. Yeah. Let's, let's stop talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I put it on here, but I just wanted to mention it. One of my fondest memories with you is at Emily's and my surprise wedding. Yeah, when you were welcoming me to the family, and you yeah. were, you were fighting back the tears really hard, 
and I don't know what it was, but I didn't know you very well at the that time, and just seeing that vulnerability. Yeah. I don't know. If it, it, I, I really appreciated that. It meant a lot to me. And that that's cool. Really stuck that's out. cool. So I just I had to mention that. Oh no, that's cool, man. That was a that was an awesome night. Yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, when we talked about doing this, you know, one of the first times I ever met you, I remember pulling up and seeing your truck and seeing what was on the back of your truck. I was like, "Who's this dumbass?" <laughs> yeah. What? Obviously. You know. And then I met you, and I was like, "All right, I don't know about this guy." You turned out to be pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> try, I try to be okay. <laughs> Do you still have the the hideaway in Colorado? It's just a piece of land. Mm. You know, there's nothing on it. But, yeah, we do have it. Uh, you know, when we start talking about those those mind shifts and thinking further down the road. Yeah. We got that land a couple of years ago, and I'd love to build, you know, something on it. Yeah. And uh, we looked into that it, that far? Nah, or? not really. I'm you just know. curious. I, w- I would wonder where that would start, you know, as far as getting the utilities and <clears throat> I, I have a basic idea. Um, I've talked to a few people. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you got to drill well. You got to pull power. Uh, the service is there as far as the power goes. But that's good. You know, the the first plot of land we bought was at the top of the mountain, and there was no water. There was no electricity. You mm-hmm. couldn't get it. Don't even think about it. Um, so we traded for some more accessible property in the in the valley, and it's a decent amount of money. But golly, it sure is attractive to just say you know, fuck it and sell everything uh-huh. and yeah. just move out there and just live a much simpler life. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. If you could find the means, you know, as far as, you know, having the money or See, I, job I, or, you know, that's this. what I'm trying to figure out though, is what the hell would I do? I mean, I would have to earn some money and there ain't shit out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wonder about when I see people in those houses, like what, what did they do or what, what do yeah. they do now? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I guess you could get really good at that whole bartering thing and yeah, you know, make a, a little bit of money. But the town that our land is closest to, it's, it's got, at least last time we were there, it's been maybe a year and a half. It had two dispensaries, uh, two convenience stores, a couple of, mo- you know, roadside motels, and a, that's about it. Yeah. That was about it. <laughs> so there's not a lot of job opportunity there. <laughs> Jeez. You'd have to work from home. We're doing something. God, if I could figure that out. If that's, I could figure out how to do that. That's pretty much everybody's goal in life, I think. Is to figure out how to work from home. You know, though, I'm not disciplined enough to do it, to be quite honest, though. Yeah, a lot of people are not. Like, I'm not. I, I feel like sometimes when I have the day or, like, a, finish a half a day or something here, you know, I technically I would have until 3.30 or, you know, whatever. But there's times where I'll be, work for an hour and then I'm going to go change the scenery and do something mm-hmm. else for an hour, I'll come back to it. I mean, I could still be working until like six or seven technically, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's, it just feels better because I feel like I can do it on what feels natural and comfortable to me, you know, where I'm not just like trying to plow through something and, sure. you know, half-ass something or whatever, you know, I feel like I can give it more attention that way. I think that's probably always my intention. I just never circle back. <laughs> <laughs> but Ron White mentioned that too about, well, he didn't mention it in the podcast, but on one of his videos, there's a, a method. It was like 25 minutes, uh, setting a 25-minute timer as far as working on something and then allowing yourself three to five minutes of something different and then another 25 minutes. You do it like four times, and huh. then you take a longer break between that. Huh. And that's supposed to be really efficient for focus and something like that. I forgot what it's called. I have but. so many Pavlovian responses, you know, 
sitting at my desk looking at a monitor and every alert that yeah comes up, ooh, a squirrel. You know, that's just, I'm all over the place. And <laughs> a couple of times a day, I'll have to go down and hover over my, my email icon and see how many emails I have open. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually 15, 20 or something like that. <laughs> you know, the partial thoughts, I'll have to go and complete them because I've, I'm that bad. I'll be in yeah. the middle of a sentence and something will pop up on my screen and I jump right over to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really bad about notifications on my phone. Really? I cannot. If there's a red circle, I'm get out of here. <laughs> what was that? That was the notification. Oh, that was a notification <laughs> as I'm talking about notifications. Adobe Creative Cloud wants me to update something, but you know I'm kind of busy right now, so I'm not going to. That was pretty uh, ironic timing there. That was amazing <laughs> timing. Uh, I don't think that was picked up in the podcast, but maybe I can find that sound. Right, right. <laughs> Redo it. Right. Um, if you had to pick three words to describe your childhood, what would they be? Ooh, wow. That's not like a one-second answer, I don't think. No, no. This Three this, words this to describe my childhood. Uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I had a, I mean, I didn't have a bad childhood. Um, I'll have to say that it was certainly eventful. <laughs> you know, a lot of things happened in my childhood that I can that I can think of. Um, it was valuable. I think I learned a lot from my childhood, and uh, you know, there's a lot of love in my childhood. There's no doubt about that. There's That's no good. doubt about that. That's good. You know, I had my good old Uncle Phil for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's something else. Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. That's good enough. What was it? Eventful. Yeah. And valuable. Valuable. And and love. We'll just say love. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just say loved. That's good. I like it. Yeah, we did a lot of cool shit. Uncle Phil and I did a lot of cool shit. Yeah. Let's 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 hear it. Let's hear one. Oh, just one good one. Shoot. So we used to do a lot of a lot of racing. You know, we'd go ride you know dirt bikes on the weekends and. Um, you know, his dedication was so damn much, man. It, he's the one who really taught me about the value of change. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this recently and he says that he doesn't, and when I say change, I mean like, like loose change. Uh -huh. He doesn't remember this. I remember this. <laughs> he paid for a trip to one of these races in fucking change. <laughs> <laughs> He's that guy. And it gave me it gave me a really it just kind of opened my eyes to the fact that man there's a lot of change, you know? I mean, change is actually worth money and I, I like change, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I collected, you know. <laughs> man, you know when I was younger, shit, man, it was my change bucket that got me through the last two or three days to paycheck, you yeah. know, almost every week. Yeah, I've had a couple of coin jars that, have, yeah. that have saved saved me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I was given a choice one time between, um, from Micah's dad, he used to work on the road and he came home and, and I think he had some gifts for Micah and Aubrey or something. And he was going to give me some, you know, some money or whatever it was. And I think if I remember correctly, it was a $20 bill. He said, I'll give you 20 bucks or you can have all the change in my suitcase. And I guess, you know, he just was throwing all of his money on the road and it would be gone several weeks. And yeah. He opened that pocket up, and I remember thinking, damn, that's a lot of video games. <laughs> said, I'll take the change. And it was, I, I think it was double the the cash oh, that yeah? he was going to give me. And so, yeah, 
that's I think that's where my <laughs> my change infatuation started. And then you know to see Phil do that, you know that was really really cool. And right, but <laughs> wake up in the morning to go to those races, and Phil would hand me two things, <laughs> and it's gonna sound real bad: <laughs> a banana and a jar of Vaseline. now i shall explain (laughs) you're supposed to eat the banana okay (laughs) and you take the vaseline and you gotta vas up your ass cheeks (laughs) because we're gonna go on this 50 mile ride yeah and you're gonna chap your ass Mm. well i didn't do that a couple of times and i was so regretful (laughs) but yeah just the visual of uh (laughs) (laughs) hey Eat this. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on. <laughs> just see him just tossing the shit on your chest. <laughs> oh, and he was an asshole too, man. We'd be out there camping, freezing fucking cold. Freezing. What does Uncle Phil have in his, in his tent? He got a couple cans of Sterno. And he's over there. <laughs> he got his Sterno. And I mean, I'm sure he's cooking something to eat in there too. I couldn't have Sterno. I'm freezing. And he, he, he you cold over there? <laughs> Yeah, I'm cold. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> like, damn, dude. <laughs> I can see that. We spend a lot of time, you know, in in tents. Yeah, <laughs> lots of driving camping. all over God's green earth. <laughs> Did you and Micah camp together? Yeah, we've camped together quite a bit. Besides the macaroni. Yeah, yeah. Adventure. You know, when he was younger. Shit, I guess he was probably five or so. We lived up on Lake Texoma in a, in a town called Gordonville. And, I mean, it was just woods and there was nothing around us but pastures and, and a house every now and then. But we were a, maybe a couple hundred yards, quarter mile or so from the actual lake. But yeah. we've revisited that place several times, you know, um, in, our, in our adulthood. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually talked about doing it again here before too long nice you know it's just a cool spot we spent a lot of time in as a kid and you know there's a lot of funny stories about that shit too and yeah good grief <laughs> you throw eddie into the mix have you met eddie you've met eddie i don't know probably i'd have to see yeah well mike is dad oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. i was thinking of a friend or something you get eddie in the mix and yeah <laughs> you know he got the the damn <laughs> He got the uh, Lake Patrol. I don't know what they're called up there on Lake Texoma, but he made a makeshift raft and had me and Micah on this raft. And the raft was literally two pieces of plywood with these big old um, pieces of styrofoam that we went and jacked from the from the the uh, the boat docks down the road. Mm-hmm. And he strapped them all together, and we're out in the middle of Lake Texoma on this thing fishing off of it, and they pulled up, and they just lit Eddie up and said, you get those boys off that lake. Because <laughs> I'm sure you guys didn't have any life jackets Hell on, right? no. I mean, we were, I mean, it's not even like we were just in a little cove or something. I mean, he had us way out there. <laughs> well, there ain't nothing wrong. All right. Wow. <laughs> People yeah. are funny. People are funny. Because that's what keeps it interesting. Yes. I like, you, to, I like to people watch. Yeah, because definitely. Because people are funny. Where was it? I was at, oh, at a show, House of Blues. And I was sitting down. I was I was uh, shooting a show, and I was just, you know, since I'm 
up and taking photos and everything, my back can only take so much. So during the middle of the sets or whatever, I'll go sit down somewhere. So I'm watching people come up and down the stairs and like I can hear some people's conversations and, you know, just, just like dip in for 20 words. Like, okay. <laughs> go, go to the next one and just watch people. And people are very weird. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not, but if you just stop to notice somebody else and maybe try to think of, think of yourself in their shoes in that moment immediately, mm-hmm. just think like, what are they thinking right now? What are mm-hmm. they doing? Why do they think that's okay to do right now? <laughs> <laughs> why do they think no one's watching them i'm totally watching yeah them. yeah I was, and that was what i was gonna say it's, it's really funny you know the things that people will do when they don't think anybody's watching yeah, yeah. you know i spend a lot of time in traffic and you know i people watch on the highway and people are i mean they really think that the, that glass and and yeah. the, the inside of it the, they really think that's like their apartment or they have privacy and I don't even feel oblivious. Safe. I don't even feel safe in my own home. I feel like I'm being watched all the time. <laughs> Not that I'm like anxious about it, but I just feel like I don't. Know, that's, I, maybe that's why I talk to myself and I'm try to. I try to be funny because I think if somebody is watching, well, maybe I can give them a laugh or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm su- like extra weird by myself. But no, yeah, I saw somebody the other day in in traffic. This guy stuck his head out the window. It was an older guy, gray haired older guy. And he stuck his head out the window and he's looking dead into the sun and he's making this face like, ah, I'm looking into the sun <laughs> and he just kept doing it. And I'm watching him. I'm, I'm waiting for the punchline or something. Like, what is happening? <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's, he, he throws his head back inside the car real quick and then sneezes. So I don't well, know if he was, I don't know if he was trying to make, make himself, himself sneeze, sneeze or if he just likes looking at the sun <laughs> and just sneeze because of it. Huh. But it was very odd to observe, just like the faces he was making. It was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, people are freaking weird. Yeah. I'm amazed at some of the things I see people eating on the road. Like a bowl of cereal. I mean, literally, <laughs> I mean, that's that's ambitious right there. That's something else. I could not. I, that's I, next level. I had to spill that shit real quick. Yeah, not, I mean, I've done it in a cup before, obviously, because you have a cup holder and, you know, <laughs> you can do that. I guess it's been a long time since I've done that. I don't really eat cereal. Actually, I have this week because of Chantel. She had this honey nut Cheerios in here. I haven't bought cereal in years and she had this box of cereal. And then one night she just like said like here, just gave gave me or offered me some or something. And I was like, it's cereal. Where's the milk? You know, what what are we doing? Uh So I ate some. And then of course, then I couldn't stop. Uh, But yeah, I had, I had a bowl of cereal a couple of times this week. But cereal's not for breakfast. Cereal's like the snack right before bed at our house. I could eat that anytime. You know, I I just, I just realized how much, you know, sugar and I keep going through milk faster. And then it's like a never ending cycle of the milk and cereal. Like, well, I don't want to wait. I don't want this to go to waste. So I'm going to drink all of it. I'm going to, I don't want this to go to waste. I'm going to eat all of it. It's going to go stale (laughs) if I don't eat all of it every, every single day. And Uh (laughs) Uh that's like the energy drink cycle. (laughs) <laughs> but no, so it's not like I'm going to start having cereal now, but that <laughs> box was here and I didn't have anything else to eat and I didn't want to go anywhere. So I thought I'll just eat that. Oh, that's a great, oh and then it was so good. It is good. I don't know. I like life. Life is life? like one of my favorite. I don't know that I've ever had that one. Oh, it's so damn good. I'll, I'll go for some like Frankenberry, some boo, yeah. boo berry. <laughs> some boo berry. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay. Frosted Flakes were pretty pretty okay, I think. Yeah, I like I like those too. Shit, we buy a lot of cereal. I mean, at any given time, there's a lot of damn cereal in my, <laughs> in my cupboard. That ramen noodles, man, I gotta have my ramen noodles. Fucking love Do you them. spice them up differently, or you oh, just use the man. regular regular packets? I got all ambitious. It it was it was last night. <laughs> it was last night. I got all ambitious and. Uh, <laughs> Making my ramens, man. I was like, you know, I'm not just gonna do the regular soy because, yeah, it's soy sauce, salt, pepper, you know, whatever else looks good, mm-hmm. some garlic, and you know, I, I love that um, that rooster sauce. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they have the chili garlic version of it. Oh god, I love that stuff. So I decided I deviate last night, and I saw some Parmesan cheese, uh-huh. and I saw some ranch. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I remember somebody bought me a book that was 101 Ways to Cook Ramen way back, I think I've seen that way back in the day. And yeah. one of the recipes in it was ranch and Parmesan. <laughs> and it was God. just like a ghetto Alfredo. And okay, so I like, now I get it. All right, cool. And so <laughs> I started throwing all this stuff in there, man. I should have stopped about, <laughs> I don't know, halfway with the cheese. Yeah. I got too much cheese in it. It was a little bit too much, but it wasn't bad. So yeah, I experiment. You know, you crack an egg in it every now and then, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I like good. the damn ramens, man. Yeah, it's been yeah. a long time since I've had one of those things. <laughs> if it wasn't for ramens and Totino's pizzas, I wouldn't have made it through my twenties, man. Yeah. I mean, and Kool Aid, and Kool Aid, huh? Kool Aid, Kool Aid. I don't know what my go-to was. Um, Probably peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. That was that was the go to. And then some flaming hot Cheetos with that. If you put those in the sandwich, <laughs> that is a treat. And that is no lie. Oh, that's funny. Spicy and you got the crunch and I, I, I'm with it's you. all good. I'm all about the crunch and you know, I, I'm I'm a texture based person when it comes to my food, you know. I don't like just mushy stuff, so if it's just yeah. too mushy, I gotta have some crunch in it. Damn it, Uncle Phil. Called me a couple of names one time, and he saw me eating a sandwich, and I was putting my chips on. He looked at me and goes, boy, you're not one of them, are you? <laughs> I'm like, one of them what? He's just like, one of them that put their chips on there. It, it, it was like he was disgusted. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't I can't do it, man. Like, even, you know, sushi rolls, man, it's got to have a snap to it. It's got to have something. nice to have some something. crunch. Got to have some crunch. Like a light, light fried uh, what is that? Temper, tempura. Tem- tempura. Yeah, yeah. I always get a just a side roll of, of a cucumber roll. Yeah, you know love, that's got some crunch. Yeah. It's got some crunch. Man, I haven't had sushi in a while. I haven't either. It's too expensive. It's good though. It's very good. I need some bad. <laughs> uh, um, man, I've asked you everything on my list. Right on. Do you have anything else you want to share or ask me about or talk about or like promote or? promote nothing promote a business or uh no. you know help make you some money or something no i don't really and and i don't want your cars if you need them fixed so if, <laughs> if y'all are listening y'all think that i want to fix y'all's cars man I, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know why i keep saying yes to people but i do I yes mean, man it's just terrible it's it's a problem yeah. It is. I'm going to have to get better at saying no. Okay, so we'll just throw that out there. Stop asking <laughs> to have your cars fixed. If you're not in line, you're not getting in line. <laughs> How about that? That'll work. <laughs> well, no, man. Thanks for having me. It was yeah, cool. Definitely. Let's we'll do it again. Right on. I'll probably have to get 
you and Mike at the same time. Oh shit! And once I have Aubrey on, <laughs> oh lord, you get the, the three of you together. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> you would need padded. You, you walls. would need some backup. You know, you need some because there's going to be a lot of shit flying around. You know, as just far as. No, maybe, everybody maybe, talking. Maybe we'll and, do like a Skype thing or something. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> in a different location. I just, I just don't see anybody being able to hear anything, you know, intelligible between <laughs> all of us talking. That'd be a good inter- entertaining one. <laughs> we all can talk. So, all right, man, I'm shutting right. it down. Bye-bye. See you guys. Rusty's escape pod. Rusty's escape pod.